Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. everyone. Welcome to um, our show today. I'm really, really excited. I have a very special guest that I'm excited for you to meet. Her name is Susan Winters Christ, and she is a licensed therapist, a wife, a mother, and avid journal writer. And so I'm very, very excited for you to meet her. She is a long-term friend of mine, and I think we're going to learn a lot from her today. Um, Susan, thank you so much for being with us first before I get started. Well, thank you, Adrian, for inviting me. Absolutely. It's always nice to participate with another colleague yeah. in the community so that we can help those that we work with. So I'm very happy, happy to be part of this. Absolutely. Yes, because it's a team effort, right? We have some skills and some tools, but we don't have all of them. And no, we hope, we hope that we can share and collaborate with our fellow colleagues out there that have their own expertise and skills. So um, this is a wonderful blend, you know, coming from a psychological aspect today, as well as knowing your background with health and nutrition and fitness. I think it's a wonderful way to think about the mind-body connection. So yes, I'm excited to be part of this. So thank you again for inviting me. Yes, absolutely. So Susan, I want to just jump right in because I, I feel like there's so much information to learn today. And so I know I personally, in my own, um, in my own practice, my clients are stressed out. And if I'm completely honest, I'm stressed out too. Uh, I was just talking to somebody earlier today. I was like, virtual school is kicking my butt. Um, between the kids being home, um, between me having to work from home, just work-life balance. I mean, even before COVID-19, I feel like I was stressed out and my clients were stressed, but now there is this whole other level of stress and overwhelm. So I would love for you to speak to that. Um, like you said, from a psychological standpoint, what is going on and, and help, just help, <laughs> for lack of better words. How can, how can, um, yes. From the mental health perspective, right? Yeah. What could we ben- what could we pay more attention to? What could be more beneficial? Knowing that this is one of the most challenging times in our generation, for sure, um, and trying to figure out and navigate all the unknowns and the challenges that's absolutely with schooling, the unknowns about people's jobs, the unknowns in terms of what when is this going to end. Um, so yes, you're not alone. We're all in this together for sure, but coming from the angle of um, looking at mental health and what could be beneficial for us to pay attention to, um, and especially around how we handle stress. So that's what we're really referring to is 
this has been probably for many of us one of the most stressful times in our lives right so if, if um it's up there i'm sure so um so as far as what i've been sharing with my clients and those folks that i work with is taking a look at you know how one how are they coping what are ways they've been coping what are ways that they recognize are unhealthy ways of coping um which you may be actually able to help them with especially when it has to do with a lot of us go to food for comfort um in terms of eating has often been our go-to to to feed us to feel like okay this will help us feel better but yes looking at ways to cope and what are helpful ways to cope so um so that leads into yes when we'll talk about in a few minutes about i've recommended often and even before covid how journaling has been such a powerful practice for those of us that do often feel jammed up or stressed and we're we're trying to make sense of it all and navigate our thoughts feelings emotions and how do we how do we get to some kind of clarity about that and what is it we need to pay attention to um and and right and take and taking a closer look at our inner world like where are we right where am i with all of these stressors and these you know, implications for where the world is right now so um but before i get into the one of the areas and what can help um i know we talked about it might you know a good idea to talk about what just the idea of stress right and really thinking about the idea of when you think about the word stress stress is stressful <laughs> bottom line right as is terms of um stress is stressful and when we think about over our lifetime what have we developed as coping mechanisms to handle stress what have we learned or some of our learned responses in terms of how we handled stress what may have worked 10 years ago to handle stress may not be what we need to to go to now to to handle stress so um so that said i thought maybe we could take a, a few moments just to talk about you know the idea of how does stress affect us mentally physically um emotionally spiritually so um and most of us probably do know like it's it's not um not a surprise when we when one might say to you well you know your your emotional health or the stress that you're you're under right now is going to create um a lot of issues right if you don't take care of it and, and some of those issues will not only be about okay mentally what are some of the challenges i'm going to be facing but physically what's happening to my body so um i thought i would just take a short moment just to to, to share how um and probably many of us have heard about the fight or flight response in terms of you know how our bodies are designed to um to go into a kind of state of um, survival mechanism which is you know when we were facing you know, if we think about caveman times or the times when people were working wa walking on the earth and there was still dinosaurs and saber-toothed tigers and things like that that stress response was built in to help us uh and when we're feeling threatened the stress response was put into place so that our body was geared up it was ready to um 
it was ready to have those stress hormones enter our body, which was in a good, a good way because the adrenaline was coming through, the cortisol was coming through to help us prepare for the fight or the flight response. And that and was meant to, okay, in that moment, in that situation, once we handled it, once we came um, and made the decision to fight or flight, um, and we were on red alert, the idea was once we faced that, then the stress, the, the stress hormones would begin to move from the through the body, and we'd go back to our baseline of um, a stable state. Present day, you know, in our in the culture and um, generation that we're in, our stresses are much more chronic. You know, it's not like we're just waiting for this, chron you know, saber-toothed donor, the tiger to come out or a snake to be coming out of the woods or whatever it might be back in um, the primitive times. Now we're dealing with traffic every day, dealing with and the whole idea of where did I put my wallet? What if I don't get the, you know, what if I don't get the job? Um, what if I lose my job? There's just regular stressors, different kinds of stressors, but they create for us more of a level of chronic stress, which means more of these stress hormones are in our body, the cortisol, the adrenaline, which leads to a lot of health issues. Um, so on that note, just wanting to, for us all to just kind of to think about, yes, stress is stressful, but we really need to pay attention to um, how are we handling and managing the stress so that doesn't lead to this chronic-like um, stress on our nervous system where it can lead to heart issues. We could have um, a weakened immune system. We could begin to have more um, difficulty breathing, higher blood sugar. I mean, the list can go on in terms of how stress can affect our digestive system, you know, our muscular system. So um, that's more of I mean, your area of expertise, Adrian, in terms of talking about how, you know, in terms of our body, you know, what, what are, how can stress certainly impact um, us in a way that leads to, um, to serious phys physical conditions that will need to be treated medically. Yeah, I, I actually um, love to just touch on that point a little bit more. Not that we need to elaborate on it, but just even re reiterate that acute stress, what you were talking about, you know, in terms of the tiger or the snake that, you know, creates some type of fight or flight action, right? For me, mm -hmm. if I see a snake, I'm running and I mm -hmm. have done that. I've even left my children behind. I'm out of there. Like <laughs> there's mm -hmm. no protecting the kids. I hate snakes more than anything. But yes. once that threat of the snake is gone, you know, my, my stress, you know, my stress levels return. There are none. They, my baseline was returned and I'm fine. But what we're really focusing on is this chronic stress, this, uh, these chronic. acute stresses that keep compounding on each other. And, you know, we can handle a stressful situation with, you know, a certain amount of ease. But when we have these built upon chronic stressors that are constantly bombarding us every day, Mm -hmm. where we struggle every day. To, every day, all day long, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm just even going back to this virtual schooling thing because I'm in the middle of it. And I know a lot of my, you know, a lot of people watching or listening to this, they're also dealing with that as well. You know, it's 
okay, I got my kids set up on the computer. Now the computer's not working. Now they can't send that email. Wait, now my boss is calling and saying, I have to get on a call, but I'm supposed to be over here. And now I got to take this kid to practice, but I, oh, we forgot our mask. So now we got to go grab him. Like, it's just one thing after the next. And what you're telling there's us, no break. there's no break. And what you're telling us is long-term, now, and I'd love for you to get your opinion on this. When we're talking long-term, are we talking about a couple weeks of this or a couple years of this? But when when do the, the serious health implications start to reveal themselves? And I'm, I kind of right. know the answer. It's going to be different, right, for every different person. For every person, right, especially if they had a, um, you know, an initial um, chronic condition, even early onset, something that was diagnosed earlier on. But, um, but yes, it's more of a gradual over time as this, you know, as your body, um, the nervous system, right? If it, if it's not able to go back to its baseline, yeah, you're looking at how these, these stress hormones, um, begin to have an impact on your organs, right? On even your body chemistry, um, (laughs) weight. (laughs) <laughs> right, the muscle, how the muscles, you know, even in that stuff, like your body, like the, the tensor you are on the time, or stiff, or just waiting for that next, holding your breath all the time, like asthma things, things that just begin to gradually have its um, have an outcome, right? Where then you're needing to be see a doctor and be treated for these elements around your physical health that often are related to stress. Um, so. Yes. Yeah, so as far as time frame, it depends on the person, right? In terms of how, you know, how much time will go by until you really begin to see the effects of that. Um, but the whole point is we're trying to figure out a way to how do we learn to cope in a better way? Like what are, and, and one way is I was going to share today is about journaling um, in terms of trying to, you know, manage and work through the feelings, the thoughts, that are you know continually triggering us to have a stress or an anxiety you know uh, or high anxiety that create is created in us um but as far as just looking at you know the overall health concerns i don't think i think there's probably been enough material out there and books and doctors that have said that yes stress is not just a mental element to be concerned about there is that mind-body connection that you know, if you're, you're feeling overloaded on a regular basis, emotionally and mentally, it will take its toll on your, your body has its own way of talking to you to saying something's not right. And, um, and it's important to pay attention to, to that, you know, pay it, listening, listening to your body. Like, what is your body telling you when you're under stress? And how do I handle that? How can I handle that in a better way so that I'm not allowing the stress to you know, take over, you know, how, how I move through the world. So again, stress is stressful. There's no denying it. Um, and when we know that we're under more chronic stress than that, you know, back in the day when it's just a worry about, you know, will I find food today or is there going to be some kind of animal attacking me? Um, today it's much more, we're much more on red alert. There's, there's, we're in that emergency state um, of just fight or flight. Um, even if it's a small, we consider we say small, but yes, okay, the virtual, you know, the whole uh, Zoom or the 
school technology isn't working, but right away, we're on red alert. We gotta solve it. We gotta solve this problem. There's another issue we have to confront. When is there a break? Like when, when can we go back to our baseline of calm and grounded and relaxed? And it's more often than not, we haven't had that opportunity, especially considering where with COVID and the pandemic, how has that created so many challenges for the families today? So I know we're gonna t- we're, we're gonna talk about one of these methods that can be helpful, specifically journaling. Would you say is journaling something that is going to help us cope better or help us return to baseline faster, or is it a combination of both? Both. I would okay. say both. Okay. Yes, it's going to help us cope. Hopefully, you know, if, if, if you practice it on a consistent basis, it will certainly be a bit healthier practice, you know, in managing stress than, you know, going for that um, candy bar, or it's going to be better than if we're likely to, some folks are um, trying to comfort themselves like retail therapy or wanting to buy them something. Yeah, I, I hear that quite a bit um, in terms of just wanting to feel you know, good feeling like there's something positive coming in and, and they want to click on that Amazon purchase and then they feel good for the moment, but then, you know, the stress continues the next day. So if this is something that's practiced consistently, it can certainly be a wonderful way to, to manage the stress. Um, and as far as how can, can it um, return us to that baseline over time? Yeah, the more you, you begin to decrease those stress hormones, Right, that's the whole point, right? It's the chemical, it's the chemical reactions that are going in through our bodies and in our brain. All those, you know, how the you know, bells and whistles are um, kind of flying in different directions. The alarm system's going off in our brain, telling us we constantly have to be on alert. Um, the more you're doing something that's practic- practicing journaling and calming, um, the less likely you're going to have those whistles going off in your brain. Right, or the and and you're decreasing, you're reducing those stress hormones in your body. Now I will say this, um, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I will say this. So I feel like so my natural reaction, um, and my like hold up, Susan, because now you're asking me to do something that's going to take time. And then I'm going to have to be intentional about and build like when you're already in a practice of feeling stressed, the thought of adding one more thing may feel overwhelming. So how do you move that mindset from I can't take one more thing on to actually this has to, this actually will help in the long run. Like, is there a way that you can, shift people's mindset towards that? Yes, <laughs> I, I do that often in the, um, in my therapy room. Uh, Cause yeah, they'll say, how can I fix, you know, I have everything else going on. But one question, one, one, one part I'll say, which might not go over well with the audience, but I'll first ask, well, how much time are you on your electronics? Right. And what are you, do- what are you doing on your devices? And what are you doing to zone out? Like, because that's another coping mechanism. People going on the social media, people checking out their Instagram, people just wanting to, to zone out, right? Or yeah. escape. And no, I'm, no. Saying, <laughs> I'm saying, if you have time for that, 
can you take 20 minutes out you know rather than zoning out that way or escaping on your phones or your devices can you take 20 minutes instead and say i'll get a piece of paper you know i'll get a notebook i'll get a, a pen and i'll just start out with 20 minutes a day and just concentrate on beginning a practice of journaling um great point so that, that <laughs> often that often stops people in their tracks because they'll they'll say you're right i want it like two hours or more right like it's right. attached to many of our that's our hip yeah. so um so i'll often challenge that I'll wonder like okay how much time do you really how much time do you already on your electronics and can you replace it instead of just rather than escaping in that direction can you do more of a healthier escape or take space for yourself to just begin to write 20 minutes you know to me i think is doable yeah. if you can if you can replace if you're willing to give up that the electronics oh you shut me up right away i, I had okay, nothing <laughs> you got nothing you got, I got nothing, nothing when you say that because i do like sometimes i don't want to have to think anymore it's just easier to scroll through um a social media page because it's mindless but it's mm -hmm. still it's not helpful you know and for some people it actually makes the stress worse because now they've you know got comparison syndrome or whatever yes. you call it and and that's a whole conversation for another time so walk me yeah. through this journaling thing why do you feel so strongly about it and what are the benefits of it yes uh, well journaling for sure has been around for a long time believe it or not um they actually have journaling centers that uh are for people who who um who take retreats out and time out to to just want to pursue, you know, journaling um, for a good like week on long stretch because they recognize the importance of it. But as far as um, journaling um, and why I believe it's so powerful is because it often gives us the, when we write, and I mean write, not type, and I'll often point that out to, to the folk when I do workshops, um, you know, really encourage the, the importance of the actual art of writing uh, because it gives us a an opportunity as we shape our letters and our words it's it's almost like meditation you're 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 taking that it's slowing everything down rather than you know the type real quick typing um, on a keyboard so the power of the pen uh, gives us that opportunity to just focus like it really take that like mindfulness almost practice of I'm looking at what I'm writing, I'm processing what I'm writing, and I'm also releasing, I'm releasing it onto this paper so I can take a look at it more differently, in a different way. Writing has very many similar effects on the mind as meditation, like I said, the breathing slows down, which is key, you know, in trying to handle stress. All of us know that, take deep breaths. Um, I practice when we're feeling high stress. Um, as far as the idea of journaling too, it helps stimulate for us in our in our brain. If you want to think about neuroscience, the aspects or the thoughts around neuroscience and what what parts of the brain are activated while we're writing, um, it it helps us really pay more attention to what we're, we maybe are, are struggling with or what we're jammed up with. It gives us a, an opportunity to um, again just tell us pay attention. This is important. And it also helps us kind of create more of a, how do I say, a, a framework, or it gives us an opportunity to just, as we narrow in on it, 
we can take a step back from it as we're writing and look at, okay, where, what is it I'm seeing here in myself that might need more attention? So, um, so I find that a huge benefit for, for in terms of journaling, in terms of helping us kind of externalize and take a step back and really look at it rather than when it's all kind of jammed up in our minds. Um, or if we might feel jammed up a bit with all of the material and the feelings and the thoughts that are going through us. Um, and it does, it just gives the, in terms of physical health, it helps us slow things down. So it's rather than, you know, going from here to here to there to there, writing just in the act, even act of it, we, we're slowing things down. We're taking that time for 20 minutes. If we can do that as a practice and consistently, um, it slows it down. It even begins to slow, you know, bring down some of those stress hormones and increases actually the serotonin and the dopamine, which are our feel-good chemicals that can help um, neutralize or limit and reduce the cortisol and the adrenaline that's going through as, as, we're, as we're dealing with stress. So it does. So it's, you know, taking a few moments to jot down thoughts, feelings, helps us get in touch more with our inner world um, and gives us a little, you know, more perspective on what is it we want to pay attention to. It gives us more perspective on, okay, where do I want to go from here? Helps us return to a calmer state and prevents that whole emotional hijacking that we're, where we get flooded with the stress hormones and they flooded with the anxiety. Um, so yeah, again, it, I think it seems that we, as we write, um, it's a great cognitive exercise for those of us that just want to slow things down, take a look at, meditate on where we are, and then, and if you make it consistent enough, if you are able to dedicate to a consistent practice of this, you will find that you'll find, you know, get to more of a clarity on where am I headed? What, what is it I would like to pay more attention to? What is it I'd like to work on? Um, so I do, I always say there's great value in journaling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Firm believer. <laughs> okay. So what, that was a lot of good information. So what I'm hearing you say, and uh, make sure I'm hearing this correctly. So Basically, the antithesis to stress, you know, is slowing down. Slowing and so, down. so, you know, when we are in a stressed out state, and it's actually very simple, right? I never really thought of it. You know, if you are in a constant stress state, the opposite of stress is slowing down. And so, mm -hmm. of course, that would balance you out and bring you back to, like, homeostasis. So, the whether it's deep breathing or the act of writing, these are all practices that slow us down and can create what like our parasympathetic nervous system to re-engage and bring our breathing back to normal, our heart rate back to normal, our blood pressure back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the act of slowing down that really is the therapy mm -hmm. for stress management. And mm -hmm. being intentional about that, not just go, 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 add more, add more, add more, like actually pursuing slow, pursuing taking things off our plate, pursuing being intentional and taking time to create these practices so that we can have, you know, return to baseline faster and have better, stronger coping strategies that maybe aren't food related, right? I'll start going exactly. back to the food. And then the other thing I'm hearing you say is, what you uh, mentioned was the power and the benefit of reviewing the journal. 
Um, I know from my standpoint, um, we encourage people to journal their food sometimes. Because I always tell people that journaling brings awareness and ownership. And before Mm -hmm. you can make change, you need to be aware of what you're doing and you need to take ownership instead of hiding from it. So, for example, a lot of times times people will... um, you know, they'll journal their food until they get to Saturday. And then on Saturday, they just write party. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what mm-hmm. happened here? And they're like, oh, it wasn't yeah. good. You don't want to, you don't want to see this. I'm like, no, I actually do. Like you have to take ownership for what you did because I can't help you if you hide. Um, correct. Right. So to be like I, trans- open and transparent yeah, about that. Correct. Yeah. Yes. But what I see where people more times than not, when I ask people to journal, and I will ask them, so did you review your journal this week? And they'll look at me like I have three heads. I'm like, no, I just wrote it down for you. I'm like, oh, no, journaling isn't for me. It's for you. Like you're supposed to look right. at that information and then create conclusions or create thoughts about what you just put down. And I think that's the critical piece that people are missing. They will journal, whether it be their thoughts or their food or whatever they're doing, but then they don't go back and reflect on what they just written down because that's where all the, the information is. Right. And, or Correct. Am I here. Okay. No, no, you're absolutely right. So you're saying, okay, if I heard you correctly, you're <laughs> saying we'll do this journal or they'll take that time, but the next they're, they're kind of missing the second step, which is to reflect on, okay, what, where was I, where am I headed and what, what adjustments do I need to make kind of thing? They're seeing it as, okay, I did this, and then, okay, what's next? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so what you're saying in your journal process is you take the time, you you do the action of slowing down by the process of journaling, but then reviewing the journal is where you can identify these are the things I need to address. The review is key. Yes, that's absolutely a good point to say, Yes, the journaling in and of itself is an excellent practice, like we said, to get in touch with feelings, to slow things down, to clarify where am I, but it's not like, okay, we shut, we, we move on to the next page and don't come back to it at some point because we want to see where are we moving toward um, and what is it we've noticed as themes that have come through or patterns or, oh yeah, how about that? Two weeks ago, I was basically saying the same thing. Yeah. It was a different situation. But oh yeah, that's there's a thread, another thread here that it looks like I need to take a closer look at. So, um, so yes, it's a key piece to remember that it's great to start that practice, but it's also something that's um, we want to keep an eye on at, in terms of looking back on to review where was I, where am I heading, what can I continue to grow in. Um, in terms of, and specifically, especially if there's certain themes, like when I work with some clients or my patients, um, and we do the journaling as part of their therapy, not everybody's theme is going to be the same. You know what I mean? Like some, the theme might be, okay, how, how can I self-esteem? And what, you know, her journal will be very much tied to, and the prompts I give her will be tied to self-esteem and how she feels about herself. If I work with a a teen or something like that, you know, and, and they're open to the journaling part of therapy. One of their themes might be more or less around, okay, how can, you know, how can I navigate the dramas of friendship, right? Or, you know, cause that often comes up with, especially with females, like how do I, how do I navigate um, friendships and 
chaos and dramas that come up with friendships and what is it she would like to pay attention to and how would she like to move forward in that in a, a more positive way. Okay. So, so the theme can be always, can be different depending on who I'm working with um, at the time, but, um, but yeah, stresses, then that's their stress, right? That's their particular stress or part of their life struggle that they're trying to work on. Um, but yes, yeah, stress, we can't avoid it, can we? I don't think, you know what I mean? <laughs> we cannot stress in and of itself. Like even just saying the word out loud, it's stressful. <laughs> um, so, but I know you're, you know, the whole intention here was to, to offer up or to share chem journaling. And I believe that journaling, therapeutic journaling can be a very powerful piece or powerful practice in helping us navigate stress as we move along in life, especially during this time. Okay, so could you give us one example? Um, could you give us like an example of a, maybe a journal prompt or something that we could work on just to practice and see if this could be a good, you know, yeah. activity for an us? An example, so, kind of give some exposure or a demonstration kind of thing, right? Yes. Right. So, yes, I was hoping to do that today. So, remind me, how much time do we have that? Uh, we're could, good. We got about like 10 minutes, so. Yeah, about 10 minutes. Okay. So I was hoping we could actually do this together. Um, and I know your audience may be in different places at different time, but, um, but at least I can begin to share somewhat of the language and sort of the framework of how a, a journal prompt can go uh, on, on, a specific team, uh, on a specific theme. So yes, so we can do that. And I thought, you know, to, to um, um, parallel, you know, what your expertise is, I thought we would do a, an experience or a journal exercise on the body. Specifically, specifically talking and looking at um, our body's journey. Okay, so um, so I thought. No, do you have a notebook with you? I there, do. Adrian? I have you a did? notebook. Okay, I very good. Pen. I am ready <laughs> to go. You're all set. Okay, and so am I because I'm. I, I always like to do this myself. It's wonderful practice for me too. So um, okay, so the first step would be, um, you know, I always. I would like to start with just to help it's in, in the idea and the, on the spirit of slowing down, right? I thought first we would take a couple of deep breaths, right? So as we move into this and kind of shift gears from the information we've talked about, let's, let's just take a moment to kind of clear the mind a bit. And if we can just take a couple a couple seconds here and take a, a deep breath. So if we can fully and deeply inhale and exhale. Okay. So um, again, the breath is so powerful, so powerful um, in terms of a helpful way to center ourselves, a, a helpful way to just Calm, just calm that nervous system a bit. Um, so if we can, before we move into the prompt, if you, if we can, and I, might, I know this might be a little awkward in the beginning, but if we can just take a moment again to just, if you, we can close our eyes uh, for a moment, uh, close our eyes and just begin to think about and get in touch with our body. So if we think about um, if we can take a moment to just 
if we can shelf or if we can just take a moment to place aside all of the other concerns we have for the day, all of the other, you know, to-dos we may have coming up for us, our next appointments, our next phone calls, whatever it might be. And if we can just stay focused on the idea of being in touch with our body. And as you're doing that, if we can take another deep breath, so fully and deeply inhale and exhale. Okay. Okay, so now um, with that said, and if you have your, you know, you have your um, an open piece, you know, a, a page in your notebook ready to go, I'd like us to think about the idea of how do I feel in my body today? So taking a moment, if we can write down that question and how, if you, you know, write down on, on your paper there or in your notebook, how do I feel in my body today? And we'll start just with that one. And, um, Again, since I know we're, um, you know, we have, you know, we don't have too much time, we'll just take, a, I guess, a minute or two just to be kind of scratch the surface a little bit to think about how do, how do I feel in my body this morning or today? Okay, so that's just a start, just a start. How do I feel in my body today? Okay, and the next prompt will be so just to get that you know beginning to get in touch with and be aware of my body i'd like you to think about now um i'd like us to think about what have been some of the what has my body been telling me so if you think about okay i'm noticing you know, this is how i feel in my body okay what are some of the messages that my body is telling me in the last, you know, we'll just say in the last day or two, right? So just what are some of the messages? So when we go further, what, what are some of the messages or um, signals that my body might be trying to communicate with me in the, in the last couple of days? How is my body speaking to me? And uh, I think for the, the last prompt, just to, um, again, oh, this is the idea of this is just to, to open some things up, right? So for those of us that might like to, would like to kind of expand on this further, I, I certainly invite everyone to go back to a notebook or a piece of paper and, you know, just let it go. Just let it write if there was more to share or more to say. But the last prompt I'd like to, to offer would be, um, how am I tending to my body? In what my body, how in the way my body has been speaking to me, how am I responding? How am I tending to my body? Susan, I think this has given us a great okay. start to, Good. you know, that. identify. Like I just even know I really enjoyed writing down my own answers and you know maybe asking myself questions I never really thought to ask myself before. Um, so I think 
like you said, there's a lot of power in just being calm. I felt, mm. I think even my answers reflected my calmness because I took the time to take those couple deep breaths okay. before we started. So it really put my mind in a different place where if I hadn't done that, I don't know if my answers would have been the same. So, um, good. Well, I'm glad, yes, to have, can kind of make the distinction from, okay, that we were just talking about this, but now let's move into this and how do we stay centered on this theme? Yeah. Right. Good. Well, I'm glad Absolutely. that you experienced that, that that was the idea. Yeah. But yeah. So, good. so sharing three prompts there just as a, um, you know, somewhat of an introductory of what journaling, how journaling can be so beneficial. This one was focused on the particular, you know, the areas about the body and how we feel in our body. Uh, but journaling can be so much, you know, we can expand on it in so many different ways in terms of looking at our relationships. How do I feel about myself? How do I feel about how I'm taking care of myself? Um, there's so many, so many ways that journaling can be an important and powerful way to, to take a look at where we are and where, where we'd like to move toward. That's so I'm awesome. glad. I'm glad that you felt the benefits too, Adrian. <laughs> so Susan, if we would like to learn more about journaling or learn more about you and your practice and what you do, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about what you offer and where you work? Okay. Yes. So uh, I am, my, my practice is called Well Mind Therapy which is located in uh, Phoenixville in the Valley Forge Commons, just down from the Phoenixville Hospital. Uh, if people would like to know more about me, they certainly can. I have a, a website called well, you know, wellmindtherapy.com. Uh, so on my website, I share more about what services I offer, which I, am, I do, I work with individuals, couples, and families uh, in terms of the therapeutic process and with um, and I treat um, many aspects of mental health, including anxiety, depression, PTSD, uh, life transitions. Uh, so yes, they can certainly. I'm, I'm on. I'm on the web. Uh, I also have a Facebook page. I have a Facebook um, business page. Uh, so I'd love it if everybody would check me out. And and you know, you're certainly welcome to um, to join. Uh, my Facebook page, if you'd like to know more, um, I offer blogs. That's another way to, to see and, and, and learn more about journaling. I often include that in my blogging. If you'd like to hear more about, about it on my blogs, on my Facebook page and on my uh, website. So yes, I'd love to, yeah, love to hear from those. I'd love to hear feedback too. If you have any feedback today from today, Adrian, I'd love to hear if anyone else thought this could be a benefit and if they would like to know more. And I also offer journaling workshops too. So that is something you can also find on my web, um, my website page. I hope to begin the, um, another journaling workshop, hopefully, and it probably will be virtual considering the pandemic right now, but I'm thinking maybe in um, around November, December to, be, to begin that as a four week program, but stay tuned, stay tuned. Uh, more information will be coming out. All right, and we are so thankful for you and for your time. I will ask though, before we sign off, um, I do ask that all of my guests include one of their favorite recipes or um, whether it be a go-to recipe or a family favorite. Um, but we, in our information that we give, you know, we always give the practical 
um, the go-to steps, we share how, um, but I also like to include the how when it comes to recipes because we can talk about eating healthy and, and you know having a healthy mind and body, but we also need those practical tools to help us get there. So if you don't mind, can you share one of your favorite recipes with our <laughs> listeners today? Yes. Um, yes, and it's a very simple one because I like to keep my life simple and easy, uh, which would be the cucumber salad with onions and tomatoes which um, especially now with everything, you know, lots of great garden produce right now, um, cucumber salad, and I prefer not the one with mayonnaise. I like the one where um, you cut up a cucumber and, you know, a little bit of red onion, a little bit of tomatoes, and then you add some white vinegar and maybe a little dash of sugar and dill. Just mix it all together and it's the easiest salad if you don't have time for making a big garden salad, the whole thing, it's the best side salad, I think, for my family that we all enjoy and go to. And healthy, right, Adrian? That's right. That's right. That <laughs> I, know, I mean, awesome. very healthy. And very healthy. Yeah. Very healthy. Yes. Yeah, so that's my one of my favorite goes to, especially when we're looking for a side with to have with our meal. Um, easy one to cut up, dice up some tomatoes, throw some red onion in there, and um, I'm, I'm sort of like, um, is it Rachel Ray who says uh, you just eyeball it? And just <laughs> throw it bit, in. Like, add a little bit of vinegar, some water, just put some sugar to taste and, um, and some dill and then you're all set. And it's a great, it's a great go-to. You're ready to go. Awesome. Now I, I love easy and I know my listeners, they all love easy too. So sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about cucumber salad. Well, I do like that. So thank you for the reminder. Good. Um, Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing with us your expertise and your knowledge and for showing us um, such a powerful tool that we can easily utilize. We have at our fingertips and um, that can show so much depth and reflection of, you know, our purpose and what we're doing and, and why we're doing it and how we can all strive to be just a little bit healthier with a little bit of insight. So Great. Um, I'm glad, again, very happy to share. Yeah. Very happy to share. And thank you for inviting me again. I Absolutely. And we'll so, put uh, your links to your website on our, on the, um, on the show notes and as well as on our platform for the webinar, like we will, we'll include all of your links there so people can reach out to you if they, they want more information. That's wonderful. And then, and then there's that handout too, if anybody would handout. like to read a little bit more about the journaling benefits. Yes, there's a, it's a short and sweet, just great way to, as a reminder of how, how powerful journaling can be. So awesome. yeah, great. Awesome. Glad, thank you for sharing and uh, supporting this uh, practice. I, I, I love to share about it. So um, um, yeah, I, 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 and again, I welcome any feedback. If anyone else has a questions or something comes along, sure, happy to answer or um, elaborate. So it was fun. Thank you. For yes, it was fun. Inviting me. It was fun. All right. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for uh, joining in, listening in, and we will see you next week. Take care. Sounds good. Okay. Bye, Adrian. Thank you. Sure. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. 
For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.